Hello, and um, this is Susie McGinn inviting you to join us for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy with Father Sears. Father? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You expire, Jesus, but the source of gushed forth from souls, the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth for the heart of Jesus as a font of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a font of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a font of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he came to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair but become undespondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. Susie McGinn, our host, is on the line from Florida. Susie? Yes. Thank you, Angela. Yes, this is Susie McGinn. And you're listening to Healing the Whole Person, uh, which is on each month on the third Thursday at 3 o'clock Central Time. And we always have the wonderful Father Robert Sears as our special guest and leader and spiritual leader for this hour. Um, in the past, he's been on with us, you know, for years, and uh, I've always read and, and given you good people, uh, uh, abbreviated kind of bio, but today we're going to give you one that's a little more extended because I think you'll find this very interesting to hear a little bit more about what Father uh, is all about. So I want to tell you that he was born in Evanston on April 22nd, 1934, the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Society of Jesus. And amazingly enough, that's the, he's a, a Jesuit priest today. So she, he was anointed from the day of his born. He is the third child of Wayland and Elizabeth Sears, coming from uh, uh, 
after a time in Minneapolis and Woodstock, Illinois, and Woodridge, the family moved to Highland Park, where he finished sixth grade in Immaculate Conception Parish and high school at Loyola Academy, where it was on the uh, North Shore campus. He entered the Jesuit novitiate at Milford, Ohio in 1953, and then studied philosophy at West Baden College in Indiana. He taught one year at St. Ignatius High School, Cleveland, and then taught Jesuit collegians for two years at Columbia in Clarkston, Michigan. He studied the theology at St. Georgian in Frankfurt, West Germany, and was ordained a priest in Munich on July 31st, 1966. After the traditional tertian or third-year division at Columbia, he studied theology and psychotherapy at Fordham University and received his doctorate in 1974. While at Fordham, he got involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and when he came to Chicago in 1972, he began a prayer group at Longwood Seneca, which continues today at St. Bernadette's Parish near 95th Street. Beginning in 1972, he taught systematic theology at the Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago, and when it closed in 1981, he joined the faculty at Loyola University's Institute of Pastoral Studies as adjunct professor. He does part-time teaching, writing, pastoral counseling, and spiritual direction and gives workshops and retreats around the country. He is superior of Gonzaga Jesuit community at Loyola University. He is a past member of the Catholic Theological Society of America, and since 1981, a member of ACT Heals, formerly the Association of Christian Therapists, where he is currently chaplain of their board. He enjoys playing guitar and singing and likes a good round of golf. And he's, had, he's written many, many books. And, but uh, most of all, he's been our dear friend and guide and spiritual director in so many ways, taught us so many beautiful things, which he's going to continue doing today. So welcome, Father Sears, uh, to Healing the Whole Person. So thank you, Josie. Today I was going to continue on our series on the sacraments in this particular Time, it's the anointing of the sick. Because in the beginning of the series, we con- considered the sacraments of initiation, they were baptism and confirmation and Eucharist that we all receive, Jesus' body and blood that feeds and nurtures us as children of God. Despite this powerful help, we find ourselves drawn to sin, both by our upbringing and by our encounters with the secular culture that draws us away from God. So the sacrament of penance and reconciliation then free us from the sins that we incur after baptism to follow up the self-giving love that Jesus embodies and makes possible through his life, death, and resurrection. The ministry of forgiving sins was not just not given to the apostles until after Jesus' death and resurrection when he had taken on himself the consequences of all our sins and made us that made that unlimited act of love and forgiveness it was the evening of his resurrection that jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room 
and breathed on them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. And whose sins you retain, they are retained. So he gave us then the sacrament of penance and the sacrament of reconciliation. But besides forgiveness, however, the other consequence of sin is that we are considering today is illness and suffering and death. All of those came to us because of original sin. And that is addressed by the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. With Mary, Jesus took on himself the consequences of suffering, resulting from all our sins from his conception until his death on the cross. Mary also was in agony giving birth to Jesus, not because of Jesus, because that was painless, as we see in Isaiah 66. But he, as soon as he was conceived, she was suffering with him the sins of everybody who ever existed or would have existed. And so that's why she was in agony, because she was in agony because she's the mother of all the faithful, as we see in Revelations 12:17. Those who keep the commandments of God and witness to Jesus, she is our spiritual mother. And so he showed this in his public ministry when he healed the paralytic who was let down by four of his friends to the feet of Jesus. It's in Mark, the second chapter first to the twelve. And Jesus first said to him, your sins are forgiven. And when his authority to forgive sin was challenged by the scribes who had been present, since only God can forgive sins, Jesus claimed that authority by the miracle of healing the paralytic. And he said to him, rise, pick up your mat and go home. And the paralyzed man rose, picked up his mat and left to the amazement of the crowd. That miracle, a sign of God's rule that Jesus had authority to forgive sins is what we're now thinking about today in light of the effect of sin as suffering. Yeah, you know, Father, um, Angela and I were just talking about this, which you had just mentioned, how Mary uh, suffered for Jesus's, um, with Jesus, for mankind. So uh, are you saying uh, she did suffer giving birth to him or was it just uh, her spiritual suffering at the cross? She, well, the spiritual suffering is very real. Yes. She was uh, <clears throat> always with Jesus because being free from original sin herself, she was in spiritual contact with Jesus at all times. So when he suffered, she was suffering exactly what he was suffering with him because we need partners in order to love unconditionally and mary was jesus's partner she yes we'll talk about that later if we if we get to that because uh jesus had to have a partner also as a human because god's love is family love and it's all shared so the whole trinity suffers with us and with jesus uh, for the sake of our sin in order that we be freed from it Right. We uh, we just had a, a mission at the church that I belong to here in Florida uh, by Father Pablo and Sister Breach McKenna. McKenna, you probably oh, know. I love her. I do too. It was very, very beautiful, and it was largely on sacraments. The first night was on confession, and they brought in all these priests, and it was very, very well attended, as you can imagine. We have very 
powerful uh, spirituality down here. It's marvelous. And then, uh, so a lot of people went to confession the first night, and then um, the next day was on the Eucharist, you know, their most important sacrament. And then the third night was on suffering, and they did a healing service. So it was... Um, it, it was just amazing, uh, and but she, they talked about the importance of uh, redemptive suffering, and that's partly what Mary did, right, Father, um, as she shared in the sufferings of Christ, because mm -hmm. his suffering was redemptive. Yeah, let, let me just speak a little bit about that. With his disciples, Jesus began healing the sick and those possessed of all kinds of illnesses suffering and death as a sign of God's kingdom. And this power that he did <clears throat> gave the 12 apostles when he sent them out and he told them, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you are to give. Of the seven sacraments, only the anointing of the sick is especially intended to strengthen those who are being tried by illness. That's the Council of Trent. So only priests can administer the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, whereas lay people can lay can pray and for the sick and anoint them with blessed oil. The sacrament is for those in danger of death and in other serious illnesses. But the, what the, uh, you just brought up is the suffering that the, those that are with the priest are also suffering, because that is, you might say, the <clears throat> consequence of sin. And so Jesus took that on himself in the, the dying on the cross and suffered the consequences of everybody's sin, whoever existed or ever would exist, and made it into a gift of forgiveness so it was yes. suffering for us that we could be freed and Mary was sharing that with him because he needed a partner just as we do when we intercede for people in order for us to intercede unconditionally we need to be partnered also and Jesus is partnering with us but oftentimes if we have someone that's interceding with us for these particular intentions they both might be suffering together and supporting each other in doing that so that they can continue their intercession uh, even when the person hasn't changed. If somebody, for example, if they are interceding for a person for who, <clears throat> that he would receive the Lord's gifts and that we, he could, uh, let me see, there's a passage in the, the uh, diary of Sister Faustina where Jesus speaks about that. He says, <clears throat> my will, this is a, a paragraph 324, my will has not yet been fully accomplished in you. You will still remain on earth, but not for long. I am well pleased with your trust but your love should be more ardent. Pure love gives the soul strength at the very moment of dying. When I was dying on the cross, Jesus said, I was not thinking about myself, but about poor sinners. And I prayed for them 
to my Father. I want your last moments to be completely similar to mine on the cross. There is but one price at which souls are bought, and that is suffering united with my suffering on the cross. Mm. Pure love understands these words. Carnal love will never understand them. This is the way God loves us because he, he really isn't loving us for anything he's getting because he doesn't need anything from us. He loves us, and he's always yes. interceding for us, and so he's doing what he can to, to bring us back from our sin to trusting in the love of God and the love of the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus. And so that's why he had Jesus uh, suffer and how Jesus accepted that call to suffer so that that would turn the suffering into a gift of love, which would, an, would remove it and allow us to be restored into union with God. Yeah. And that's really what we're thinking of with the anointing of the sick, because this is a special sacrament, especially for serious uh, illnesses and for those that are leading up to the death. And if we... Uh, celebrate the sacrament of anointing of the sick at the time that the person is dying and say the mercy chaplet that we just prayed. Jesus says that they will be freed not just from the sin, but also the consequences of its sin. They could be taken right away into heaven with God. How so glorious. That's, that's how yeah. important this is. Yes. So comforting. So comforting. It yes. is. It is. And yeah. it's a sacrament, of, as the sacrament of viaticum, the passing over of the Father for, the, for those in danger of death. This Eucharist is the body and blood of eternal life. And so receiving Jesus, you might say at the time, that's the uh, experience of being with Jesus in his resurrected life before we actually die. <laughs> And so we're being guided over by yeah. his companionship. So that's the importance of uh, receiving right. the Vatican at that time of receiving the sacrament of anointing of the sick. I heard um, some time ago that Vaticum means food for the way. So via being the way and cum being the bread. Is that right? The bread yeah. for the for your like you said, the passing over, but it's, um, you know, your the, the path you're taking from this life to the next, yes. right? So- yes, remember we pray that every day in the uh, Our Father. Our Father, with, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically, give us this day our daily bread. And I spoke that for that uh, one of the earlier uh, meetings that we had. Yes. The daily uh-huh. is not a word that <clears throat> people really understand. And the root of it is epi and uzia. Epi means above or for, and uzia is being. So it's above being bread. It is really the Eucharist we're praying for. <laughs> it's yes. supernatural bread above yeah. being bread and yeah. uh, one called super substantial bread super yes. substantial bread in the in the Douay Reims version of the bible because that's basically saint jerome and so it's in matthew's gospel that he treats it that way the same word is used in luke's gospel he treats that daily 
So it's it's different depending on the context, but but the it's still the same truth. Namely, this is the the transitional bread, you might say, that has heaven on earth. So every time we receive the Eucharist, we're receiving the bread of eternal life. And it's, right. that's what Jesus says, don't be seeking for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for life eternal. And yeah, so well, ultimately, we, that's uh, really what we're, we're, I hope more and more people understand that as we pray the Our Father, the daily means the Eucharist, because Jesus yeah. himself told the people, don't be looking for the, like the manna in the Old Testament where people died afterwards. If you eat this bread, you will live forever. And he said, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world, for I am the bread of life. And who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live forever. So we want to be aware of that when we pray the Our Father. He wants to be with us. See, the Father wants to be with us, and wherever Jesus is, the Father is. So that's important to know, too, that Jesus, when he says he will with me until the end of time, that's because the Father will be with us until the end of time. And so there's recently a book that we are thinking about in a small group it's called the father speaks to his children this is the only prophecy of the father that i know of that is uh made communicated to us and it was uh, revealed to a, a sister in about 1700 you know so basically he wants to be with us and that's why he sent Jesus to be his presence. Because Jesus uh, says so to fill up the book again? Excuse me. Excuse me? The book. What is the name of the book again? The book the, is father? called The Father Speaks to His Children. Okay. And, and, uh, and it's, it's uh, available if you want to know. Uh, Mary's call and her telephone number, their telephone number is 816. 816- Nine four two nine seven eight three, and the the address is Mary's Call, twelve four hundred Olive Street, Kansas City, Missouri, six four one four six. So they are very generous. They 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 sell this for nothing. It's not sold. But you can make a donation, so it's a free gift to them because that's their ministry is to distribute this. We're coming up to a break. Father and Susie, we're coming up to a break. So so hang on, and we'll talk about it when we get right back on WSFI Catholic Radio. Okay. Do you need IT support for your home or business but aren't sure who you can trust? We are North Shore Computer Services in Vernon Hills, Illinois. We can assist you with all your information technology needs for either your personal or small business. Some of our services are regular maintenance and service, affordable business-grade antivirus and anti-malware protection, photo and document scanning, real-time computer backups to protect you against data loss due to virus, malware, or ransomware infections, as well as from accidental file deletions or overwrites, and from physical damage or loss such as hard drive failure or device theft. We offer remote or on-site support, 
More information can be found at www.nscompservices.com or calling 224-433-7965. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Well, hello and welcome back. You're listening to Healing the Whole Person. I'm Angela Tomlinson sitting in on this beautiful show. We have our host, Susie McGinn, reporting in from Florida. Susie, you're not on the beach. Yep. I'm here. You're no, he- I'm not on the beach. <laughs> well, you could be. That's a, such a generous person. And uh, we oh, also have Father cool. Sears. Father Sears online. So, Father, you were talking about that beautiful book that God the Father dictated in Latin, I think, to Mother Eugenia Ravazio, A Father yes. Speaks to His Children. Yes. That's a very important work, and the Father is saying to us, you know, he really wanted to come himself, but he can't, of course, because he's taking care of the universe, and he's the creator of everything, and so he sent himself in the person of his son, and even his son couldn't have died if he simply was the second person of the Blessed Trinity, so he died by taking on and becoming like us in all things but sin. And so basically, he he really wanted to be, and the Father wants to be with us, and the Father wants to be known as the Father of all his children. And so he wants himself now to come, and he laid down his, cro- his, his uh, crown. He doesn't want to be coming on as a, anybody special. He wants to be with us just as we are, just like Jesus did too. And he was with us in every stage of our development because Jesus and the Father are one. And so when Philip said in the the Last (laughs) Supper, Father, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. And Jesus said, how long have I been with you and you still do not know me? Do you not believe that the Father is in me and I am in the Father? How can you say, show us the Father? The Father is acting in me and everything I do is springing from the Father because we are one. There is only one God. And the Holy Spirit also is one with us. So wherever we are, we are a trinity, a family. And that's why healing is healing of families. It's not simply healing of individuals because there is no such thing. We're always treated as a family. We're always treated in relationship to all the other children of God. We are all children. When we are taken into heaven, we will all be brothers and sisters because we're one family. And the Holy Spirit is the union that unites persons in one person. And in God, that is, he unites the Father and the Son in one person. And in the church, he unites every member of the church into one family. 
So we're all different because the Holy Spirit differentiates us and unites us at the same time. So so <laughs> we, we God doesn't have two people the same. That's why in some ways we can be identified with our fingerprints, you know, wherever we are. Or yeah. in, in some ways we can be identified also by electronic surveillance instruments. By our looks. Yes. 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 Even identical twins have their differences, correct? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. why that's why we are invited to be sharing the suffering of other people in order to be part of their healing. Because it's that family relationship where we don't discard one another because of the suffering that is caused, but out of love, which is mercy. So from my point of view, that's why God allowed sin in the first place, because it reveals God's love as something very extraordinary, that he loves so much that he's taking on himself the consequences of all our sins. And he said, you know, in the, in the little book that, uh, he wouldn't have done that just to give it to a human person to suffer because that wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be loving for the human person. So he decided to make that gift himself and his son. So his son would sacrifice that to make it a, a gift of love. So it isn't as though this is a punishment. It's rather just the consequence of sin because Whenever we sin, we separate ourselves from the infinite love of God and our, as right. our Father. And it's, right. it, it's the suffering of being that. All suffering in the world is the result of sin. Because if we were totally doing the will of God, we would share the happiness of God. God is all joy. And he's joy even knowing that he allowed the sin to happen because he didn't want us to simply be slaves or used by him, but there would be free respondents because grace is a relationship. It's a covenant and it takes two people and marriage is a sacrament precisely as a revelation of that union. It's not meant to simply give human love, but it gives divine love yes. because it's a sacrament. It gives grace, and grace is a participation in the Holy Spirit, who is divine love. Right, right. And when we receive the Eucharist, we're receiving the entire Trinity, not just Jesus, but the yeah. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So yeah. it's a it's a Trinitarian gift, and yeah. and total. And I think sometimes we just think it's it's it is the body of Christ, but it also is the the Father and the Holy Spirit that brings us that. That's their job is to keep Jesus alive on earth for us. You know, Sister um, Bridge McKenna said, every time you receive the Eucharist, you're getting a transfusion, God's transfusion. And she said, we need that, you know, because that's, that's what heals. That's what forgives his precious blood cursing through our veins you know and uh, it is it's so beautiful but it's true and so many people now are just turning aside from it and and it's not important to them but uh i love the way you describe it father because it just emphasizes the truth and the love and the reason that we have uh the body of christ because he he needs us because he loves us right he and he takes the suffering on himself, not right. simply just to, to, you know, 
tough it out, so to speak, but as a gift of love. In other words, everything is love. He doesn't see the suffering as anything. It would just any more than a mother would suffering for her children if they're they're uh, separated or if they've gone the way that is into sin. The mother would be interceding, but the mother would be suffering for that loss, not because she's just toughing it out, but because she loves. And yeah. that's what mercy is. Mercy is the love of the miserable, because yeah. it comes from a Latin word, misericordia. You know, mercy is having a heart for the miserable, which is right. a Latin word for misericordia. And so this, I, I, I always think that this is why God allowed sin to happen, because He couldn't force us, and uh, we would by ourselves not fully know the the right way is Jesus told the rich young man no one is good except God alone because uh, ultimately humans are so influenceable and they have the choice as St. Augustine said to choose themselves their nothingness over against the love of God which is everything and so that uh, that's part of the healing is that we would begin to see that the the suffering that we're undergoing is not a sense of rejection from God our Father, but a sense of God wanting to be with us in that suffering. Right. The greatest even, love. Even Mary suffered, even though she was sinless. Exactly. She, she suffered. You know, I, something that's been uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, uh, again, with about Mary, that everything that we have. As Christian Catholics, every single thing, every building, every person, every every aspect of our faith is all because Mary said, "Thy will be done." Amen. And she, her her fiat was the fulcrum. It was the the turning point in um, in society, in civilization, mm. and it brought us this entire. You and I, all of us are here on this beautiful radio station, sharing these beautiful truths from God, all because of what she did. She what did she, not, she did it. And, uh, you know, uh, and we don't worship her, but we honor her because of what she gave us. She gave us everything because she gave us her son. And yes. he is everything because of and she gave herself to her son which is what basically we are honoring here and because it mary isn't the source of these things the horse is that is god what he is what she is doing is being the yes of creation to receive what god wanted to give exactly god wouldn't have chosen her of course god is eternal so he knew ahead of time that she would say yes Mm-hmm. And there might have been others, I, I was thought of that, who had said, yes, I don't think so, though, because God would have uh, chosen them to have a special role, too. So, in other yes. words, the Mary <clears throat> wasn't forced to say yes, but God saw that in the future she would say yes. And she was freed from original sin because sin couldn't be allowed to be with Jesus because that he, he was integrating the human... Uh, humanity with divinity and that it couldn't be united at all if there was sin involved and so she needed to be without sin 
and she was predestined to be without sin in her conception but she said in the womb she said that to louisa picaretta that in the womb she was tested as adam and eve were and she made a decision in the womb Uh, and i know myself that we can make decisions in the womb because i did it myself and it lasted for almost as long as i am living now because i hadn't renounced it so if we need to, in a sense, let God be our uh, our Savior before we even get very far along in in, in the womb. Right. In other words, that yes with Mary is very important, and it's there always because she made a decision with Jesus, and that's an eternal decision. So it really rests with us: Are we going to let ourselves be forgiven? Are we going to accept the suffering that that entails not as a punishment but as a gift of love and sharing yeah. in god's unconditional love right That's i shared important. with you father um some time ago in a previous program uh something that has always been very close to my heart my oldest granddaughter wrote to her parents when she was just a little girl like maybe seven eight years old she had a right, I think that at school, they asked them to write a letter to their parents. And you know what she wrote in that letter? I loved you before I was born. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, true. It just, it just makes you, gives you chills to think about it, you know? Yes, yes. And uh, so pray for her because she's, it, it, her fervor is not what it should be today, but it'll come, it'll come. And, uh, but that's, that's, that's what you're saying that in the, in the womb, we can't. And the other thing I was thinking about, to really challenge people, myself and all of us, uh, regarding Our Lady and her role in salvation, who would we choose? Do we know anybody, any woman that we would choose to over and above Our Lady to be the mother of God? There is no one. There is no one but her. And But as you said, God prepared her from the moment of her conception to be the mother of God and to, to bring us this great this gift of, uh, to all mankind that we could ever have. Yes. So, uh, now, it's, the important uh, thing also is that the mother, she's the mother, not simply of God, but of all of us. In other words, yeah. we, we are, uh, we're born of Mary. If you read the, uh, Revelations 12, 17, the 17th verse in the book of Revelations, that the dragon couldn't get a hold of the woman, who's Mary, so he went against all her offspring. Who are they? All who keep the commandments of God and witness to Jesus. And so when Jesus, when Mary was in agony, the word in, in the scripture for agony there is not labor pains. It's the agony of getting beat up, you might say. It's a physical agony of the, all the children of God who are suffering also in the world now. And using that as, you might say, a union with God because he freely let his son take on the consequences of all our sin, even though Jesus is totally sinless. And so the, the, the agony of Mary on the cross wasn't from Jesus. That was painless if you look at Revelation 66. Or not Revelation, but the, the Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 66. Yeah. But the but what was uh, the agony was 
the giving birth to the greater Christ, as St. Augustine said, because we're all children of God in the Son of God. So we are all brothers and sisters in heaven, and here we are also brothers and sisters when we get converted because we're all the family of God. All right. Father, I have a question. You know, um, something I have a question. Uh, when Mary was caring, we're part of the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. Does it, were we part of the mystical body of Christ when Mary was carrying Jesus in her womb? Were we there too? Uh, well, yes, eternally we were, because see what, what God was doing is make it, uniting us with his divinity. And so when we get restored, when we get healed and really accept that, then we are really suffering with Jesus for all the sin of the world. Jesus told Louisa Picaretta that, you know, Adam and Eve lived for a time in the divine will because they were in the garden. And that's clear because before they sinned, then you can see Genesis after that says, now that they're like us, knowing good and evil, we cannot allow them to uh, eat of the tree of life and live forever. So the tree of life in the garden was eternal life. And Jesus told Louisa that because they lived for a time in the divine will, they, they, everybody who ever existed or ever would exist experienced what they experienced. So we all know that we, we were created for eternal life in that sense. We don't know it consciously, but it's what we've experienced. And that's why people get disillusioned when the love that they are relying on doesn't turn out to be faithful, you know, because we can't, because our love isn't like God's love. We do, we, we love human love. That's why Jesus said human love can't understand this, you know carnal yeah. love can't understand that suffering is really the sign of love but divine love can because that's where you we know that you went through agony if your children don't turn out well and you're you're suffering for them and you're interceding like monica was for saint augustine for 20 years you know yes and once so he did convert. He said, "My job, my job is finished. I can go now." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so really, the suffering that we suffer for other people who are, you know, like our our friends or our brothers and sisters or, or our parents or whoever, <clears throat> is part of love. And the, the reason, for example, I had postponed final vows for seven years, and I didn't know why. And my spiritual director, who is a healing priest also, he, he asked me if I've ever chosen my father out of all possible fathers. And I said, no, I never thought of doing that, but I can see that that was important. So we let's do it. And, and then at that point, I didn't know about Louisa and Jesus giving his will, his will. But in Ezekiel 36, 27, it says that I'll put my spirit in your hearts and make you yes. keep the law. And so yeah. I, I joined my prayer with the Heavenly Father and, and the Holy Spirit. And so that was a powerful prayer. Then three days later, I woke up and I, I said, now I can take final vows. And I didn't know what the connection was. But I found out later that, that our spirit 
loves our parents. There's an invisible loyalty. And I couldn't choose the fathers of the Society of Jesus as my father until I had chosen my father out of all possible fathers. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and oh. now, I, now I realize that, that we, we can't really choose Mary as our mother without choosing our own human mothers, too, out of all possible mothers. So our mothers and our fathers are given to us as our first apostolate, I say, the first, in other words, people that we have to learn to deal with because we're picking up all their the consequences of the original sin from them. Yes. And all their self-doubt and all their fears, et cetera, are being handed on to us. And so, so when we uh, really are willing to suffer for other people, we're joining Jesus in that willingness to realize that we're all family of God. We all really are brothers and sisters, and that God wants us to be loving everybody. He said, the souls of, if we're really living the divine will, the souls of everybody who ever existed or ever would exist will exist in our soul. Mm-hmm. If, um, so when you say that we're picking up the consequences of our mother and father and their lives and all the struggles that they had, um, is, does that what it means when the scriptures say that we were born in sin? Yes. In other words, we inherited the original sin that uh, our parents inherited all the way back to Adam and Eve. Right. At one point when I was in a healing group and and they were praying for me, it wasn't working. And I said, I didn't know why I said it. You have to pray for Adam and Eve. And they did. (laughs) And then I got better. I don't even know what they were praying for. But God was showing me that some of these issues go all the way back to Adam and Eve. And that we, as we get deeper in our uh, willingness to be healed and to, to join Jesus in helping other people be healed, then we are taken back and healing our ancestors. So when I, when I pray for people for my own healing, I know I'm really helping my parents. The only way that I can help them is that I model the solution, which is that God took those sins on himself and Mary shared it with her with them and so they're they're carrying that burden back through the generations and so really when when we recognize that we deserve the suffering that we endure as reparation for our sin we join jesus in his freely suffering and dying for us and for all people that we might be restored to union with himself and his father Mm-hmm. So the father is sharing this. They made the decision that they wouldn't let humans carry that burden because it wouldn't look that wouldn't be loving for the humans to carry something that they didn't understand. So they right. chose to let themselves be the ones that carried it. And the heavenly father, remember, whatever Jesus does is the father doing it in him. So yes. when he was carrying our sins, that's the father who was carrying it with him to the extent that you could in eternal relationship because mm, God is I love, one. I love what you wrote in the last uh, paragraph of your uh, notes today. You said, our suffering can be made sacred by letting us united with the love of Jesus on the cross, which unites us with the infinite merciful love of our Father in heaven. It Amen. is the spiritual bookend 
of our spiritual life begun at baptism. How beautiful. Oh my gosh. That that really sums up all you've been saying today so so perfectly. <laughs> yes, yes, it, yeah. it's it's so and to, to realize that this is the father. Now that's that's what's just jumping out at us with this book. It's that the father really loves us and he wants us to be calling him father. Yeah. He he wants to be just regular. He put down his crown and he carrying in the image that was given to Mother Rosario, that uh, the image of the holding the, the earth to his heart and the crown on the floor, and he wants to be with us at every stage of our development. I remember when I, a family that I was close to and the kids, and they play jacks, so I was playing jacks with her, you know, and uh, <laughs> that. So he wants to be with us at every stage of our development. So because he can make himself small, and that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to just be teaching her right in the same room and everything so that she would know that he wants to be with each of us just as we are and where we are because he wants to be known as our father. And if at that final word that we call him father, then everything will be forgiven. It's so beautiful, Father. The Father would be delighting, like the Father in the Prodigal Son story. He didn't, you know, make him suffer at all. He gave him a party. He was so (laughs) happy that he returned. And Father, we're coming up to the top of the hour, so we're going to have a hard break. But would you be willing to give us a your closing blessing with a prayer? Yes, Lord Jesus, we pray that the blessing go out to all that are hearing this so that they could know that their Heavenly Father wants to be with them and has suffered in order to have them return and be healed. And so may our blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit reach out to everybody and bring that healing in the name of Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Susie, for this special edition of Healing the Whole Person on a Friday afternoon. No better way to start a weekend, right? <laughs> but we'll be back in a few weeks. Okay. We're going to cut out now. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye now.